My name is Ed Vidal. I'm a volunteer with the Convention of States Project. We have Nancy Suits, who is the state communications czar for the Convention of States Project here in Florida, and Keith Bissett, who is our uh, man behind the cameras. So welcome. I know we have a small crowd, but we're going to go through it and give you uh, an explanation of what Convention of States is about. As you all know, I'm sure, because you're at this conference, Washington is broken. Washington is spending out of control completely. Uh, Washington is exercising power over things that don't belong to it. And Washington has a permanent class of politicians and also a permanent class of bureaucrats that is camping out on the American government in a way that the Founding Fathers never intended. So what are we going to do? Are we going to send good people to Washington? No, because they get corrupted once they get there. We need, Washington is not going to fix itself. We need to have a way of fixing Washington from outside Washington. So how do we do that? Well, our founding fathers, who turn out to be pretty terrific, provided for that in our Constitution. The Article 5 of the Constitution provides that the Constitution may be amended in two ways. One is for Congress to uh, uh, propose an amendment. There have been 27. Congress proposes it, and it, goes, it passes through two-thirds of the houses, Senate and House of Representatives, and it goes to the states. You need three-quarters, 75% of the states. Right now, that's 38 states. So that's the way 27 amendments have been passed, including the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments, which were passed within two years after the Constitution was enacted. In fact, if you think about it, the Federalists, uh, in, when the Constitution was being discussed, the Federalists wanted the Constitution. It was people like James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin. But there were a lot of other very patriotic Americans who had doubts, people like George Mason, Edmund Randolph from Virginia. And they had doubts about this new government because they thought it would be too powerful. So they insisted on the t uh, Ten Amendments, which put limits on what this government can do. And so James Madison, he was an, a, a congressman in the first Congress. He saw to it that it got through. The first Ten Amendments were passed. But that's not the only way, because as George Mason pointed out, what if Congress is the problem and it won't fix itself? which is where we are today. So, in their wisdom, the Founding Fathers provided for a way for the citizens to require Congress to call a convention to consider amendments. And that way is you go to your state legislatures, the House and Senate in all the states, except for Nebraska, which is only one house, and you persuade them to pass a petition, petitioning Congress to uh, create this convention of states. Now, this started a few years ago, but you can see that, you know, the great state of Texas, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, many others. We have 15 states so far. We need 34, and we're working on it all the time. So that's what the Convention of States does. So the question then is, what are we looking to, to what kind of amendments are we looking to, to have? Because we talked about how debt and spending is out of control. Government regulation is out of control and uh, government incumbency is out of control. People are staying in government for, forever, it seems. So the, the three types of amendments that we've considered uh, requiring are, number one, a fiscal responsibility amendment. It's not the same necessarily as a balanced budget amendment. 
because if you have a balanced budget amendment, it can backfire and require you to raise taxes. That's happened at the state of Illinois recently where they had, a, in order to balance their budget, they had to raise taxes. That's not, that's not the right solution. Uh, number two, we're thinking of amendments that would limit and, 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 and announce limits on interstate commerce because that's how the federal government gets into all these things. We need to make sure that those limits are enforced. Until around 1936 when Franklin Roosevelt won re-election and the New Deal became a permanent part of our government, uh, there, there, many of the powers that the federal government has taken on since then were not allowed. They were struck down by the Supreme Court saying, this is excessive interference with interstate commerce. You're overplaying your hand. So that's number two. And number three, we're looking at term limits. Uh, we're looking at term limits for congressmen. We're looking at term limits for senators. We're looking at term limits for judges maybe 20 years instead of lifetime appointment. Because remember, the founding fathers did not expect people to live as long. People didn't live as long. So if you got a lifetime appointment, it was not like a 40-year appointment. It was more like a 20-year appointment. Uh, I think there might be a good idea to have term limits on federal bureaucrats as well. You can't work in the federal government for more than 10 years or something like that. You know, have some rotation so they, they find out what the, the business sector is like. So that's what we're looking at. That's what the movement is about. Here in the state of Florida, we've already passed it, but we have to stay alert because there are attempts uh, recently funded by George Soros to get rid of, with, withdraw the resolution here in the state of Florida and in other states. I think they tried it in Tennessee. It hasn't gone anywhere so far. Uh, so that's what we're looking at. So we, we're looking at people to join our movement, and you can do that by going to conventionofstates.com. You can also sign up to be a volunteer and most of all, we need people to sign up to be district captains. Um, now, do we have any questions from the audience or any, any doubts? Uh, folks, you're, you're, you're new to this, I think. Maybe you want to tell us, what do you, do you have any doubts? Uh, I mean, I can tell you one doubt that you often comes up. People are worried about a runaway convention, that uh, this convention will be called and progressives are going to get a hold of it and they're going to repeal the Second Amendment, for example. That's a reasonable concern. However, I can assure you that many people have considered it and said it's very unlikely. People like the late Justice uh, Eugene Scalia, I'm sorry, Antonin Scalia, Eugene is his son, who is new, the, the new Secretary of Labor. He said it's not likely to happen. Same thing with Mark Levin. And the reason is you need uh, 38 states to pass an amendment to the Constitution. So. 13 states could easily be found that would not permit the Second Amendment to be taken off. So the likelihood of a runaway convention is very small. Really, it, you know, there's some risk, but it's worth the risk. But I will tell you one other thing. Right now, there are four runaway conventions in session in the United States. The first one is the president with a phone and a pen. He can do things like DACA, which he had said for you know, six years, it, it was un he didn't have the constitutional power to do it. And then he signed a, an executive order and we had DACA, you know, uh, deferred, uh, uh, deferred a deportation for certain people. He had acknowledged he didn't have the power to do it, but he did it anyway, he didn't care. That's a runaway convention. Number two, we have federal judges legislating from the bench. How many of you can find the word right to privacy in the Constitution. It's not there. That's what Roe v. Wade was based on. 
In fact, uh, in the case where the right to privacy was considered, they said it comes from the penumbras and emanations of the Constitution. Imagine that. That's like a ghost comes from the penumbras and emanations. Penumbras are shadows, emanations. Of the, so it's like the Constitution is a living or a dead uh, ghost uh, giving off penumbras. This same-sex marriage case, Obergefell, Justice Kennedy found a right to dignity. There's no right to dignity in the Constitution. So, but these are judges that are going through a runaway constitutional convention as we speak. Num uh, in fact, Richard Simo, who's not here, points out that there are two constitutions in effect. One constitution is this. It's got 4,500 words. I recommend everyone carry one, including the Declaration. And then you have the Code of Federal Regulations and the Supreme Court reporter with all the cases uh, decided by the Supreme Court, and they say what the Constitution is. So that's, that's ridiculous. So that's number two, runaway judges. Number three, Congress. Congress is a runaway convention because they delegate the power to legislate. The Constitution says power, uh, Congress will have the power to, uh, to legislate, to make laws. Instead, what Congress does is it delegates the lawmaking authority to these administrative agencies. The, how many of you know the uh, Dodd-Frank Act of uh, around 2010? There were 243 cases where that statute says the secretary shall. So they're delegating all that rulemaking to the administrative agencies, to the administrative branch. And then number four, where in the Constitution does it have all these agencies? Right? The, the, uh, you name them, the Environmental Protection, EPA, OSHA, ERISA, I mean, there are all these agencies, National Recovery Administration back in the New Deal. They're not in the Constitution. They are over-delegation over by Congress, which is shirking its obligation and duty to, to legislate. And what they're doing is they're spending all the time fundraising for their re-election. Uh, and so that's why we have to get to term limits. But that's what we're, we're up against. And the fourth branch of the, of the federal government, which is not in the Constitution, is this administrative branch. And we can see it rebelling against a, a duly elected president right now. It's the CIA, the FBI, Department of Justice. That, they're not in the Constitution. Uh, it, you know, the Department of Navy is in the Constitution because the, the founding fathers knew that we were going to have to defend ourselves, Department of War, but that's it. You know, that, all these alphabet soup agencies are not in the Constitution. They're, they're acting as legislators. They're acting as enforcers, executives, so they're enforcing the rules that they made, and then they bring you up before an administrative law judge. So this unconstitutional agency, the Securities and Exchange Commission, is completely destroying the separation of powers between legislation, executive, and judiciary. They do all three all by themselves. They're unconstitutional. So that's what we're up against. I think there are plenty of runaway conventions. We need, we need this convention of state in order to check uh, the power of this progressive government. And let me leave you one, one final thought. You know, we've been running, uh, the progressive movement started in America around 1900 with Teddy Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson especially. And that movement is still with us. They, they call themselves by different names. They're liberals, they're leftists, progressives. It, they're socialists. They're, it, the international word for it, they're socialists. They don't want to use that word in America, but it, they're socialists just like the European socialists, like the Latin American socialists, like the Asian socialists. And the progressive movement is a counter-revolution. 
against the American Revolution. They want to get rid of what the Constitution created. And you can read it, even when, when Woodrow Wilson was getting his PhD at Johns Hopkins, he wrote about it. You know, he, he, he hated the separation of power. He wanted government to have all his power together. And that's what this administrative state allows it to do. And you can see today, all the opposition from the progressives is against the constitutional order that creates uh, separation of powers. It creates sovereignty in the people. You know how many, I was just hearing that the administrative state's supposed to protect the constitutional order from the elections, the results of elections. That's what we're up against. So that's why I think the Convention of States offers a reasonable path to correct these by amending our constitution, to create fiscal responsibility, limiting the power of the federal government through the interstate commerce clause, and finally term limits for everyone. Uh, I'm happy to take questions or debates if anybody uh, has a different view. I've already dealt with the runaway convention issue. Um, I don't know if there might be others. And you know, are, is this gonna get done? Well, it might get done. We're gonna keep working on it. We're not gonna give up. But remember, the process is part of the solution. Being, waking everybody up and making them citizens for self-governance is part of this process. And that, you know, when, when we get to it, doesn't matter. We're gonna fight and we're gonna fight and we're gonna fight. And that will make us better citizens that will preserve our liberty. Milton Friedman said that we would know, we conservatives, classical liberals, would know we were winning, not when we elected the right people. Because they're never the right people. They go to Washington and they turn wrong. You know, and it's hard to find right people, good people. He said, we would know we were winning because when the wrong people did the right thing, because they were afraid of the climate of opinion. And that's what we want to do. We want to create a climate of opinion that's in favor of fiscal responsibility, limited government, and free enterprise. It's the spirit of the times. The German word is zeitgeist, the ghost of the time, the spirit of the time. We want people to think, oh my, I can't do this. Nobody, and right now, you know, we're, we're overspending, we're overregulating. Um, you know, free speech has to be protected. That's the problem. The mainstream media, Hollywood, academia, they are all controlling the spirit of the times. And we are, this is part of fighting back. It's an effective way to do it. It's a way that the founding fathers provided for us. So keep that in mind. Yes, ma'am. Article 5, the Congress, do we have to show? Whenever two-thirds of both houses shall deem it necessary, shall propose amendments to the Constitution. So that's the usual way. Or in the on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states. So that's where you need 34 states, the legislature, not the governor. And both, most legislatures have two houses. So we have to get them through both houses. Okay, so from two-thirds of the several states shall call a convention for proposing amendments. And that's in Article 5. Article 1 is about Congress legislative power. It's supposed to be the most important. Article 2 is the executive branch. The executive is supposed to faithfully execute the laws created by Congress. And Article 3 is creates a supreme 
uh, the Chief Justice of the United States and lays the, the foundation for the federal courts. The actual federal courts are created by Congress, but Article Three is the judicial power, and uh, and then the other 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 articles are for miscellaneous stuff. And Article Five is about how to amend this. So they left us a, a way to do it. They knew that Washington would not fix itself, and that was George Mason. He called out James Madison on that, and Madison agreed. And Madison said, "You know, you're right. It's really the." In, in the American, the American Revolution is a really strange revolution because every, you know, the Americans were, it was a civil war. We were fighting loyalists, we were fighting people who were indifferent, the patriots were. But even with, among the patriots, there were different points of view. And I think th there's no sharper contrast than the Federalists versus the Anti-Federalists. But the genius and the wonder of America is that they came together. And, and you know, the, they, the Federalists got their constitution and Alexander Hamilton would have almost wanted a monarchy, uh, but then George Mason and Edmund Randolph and others got their safeguards. And so we're relying on their safeguards now, 200 plus years later when, when things have gone wrong, when the spirit of the times has gone against the spirit of the constitution. And uh, that's what we have to fight, you know, that's what we have to stand up for. But that's a good point. Yes, sir. Is there a target date to have uh, the 34th needed? There's no target date. I mean, what's the target date for liberty? That's why I was saying this is a process. Uh, we're, we're moving forward. We're, making, we're gaining states every year, and they, they come in spurts. Uh, after Trump was elected, there was, I think, I think there was a letdown because people said, oh, we got it. No, you don't have it. And then this year, there have been three or four states have been added. Uh, and more states are coming. I think next year, you're going to have more states but there's no, there's no target. I mean, there's no deadline for liberty. We have to keep fighting every, you know, Reagan said that liberty is only uh, one generation away from extinction. So there's no target date. We, we're, and as I was saying, we want to create citizens that are constantly considering their self-governance and how to, how to stay free. It, it's not free, you know, it, it, freedom is not free. That's what the army says. Uh, and we have to keep working at it if we want to do it. There's no deadline. Okay, anybody wants? Okay, so who wants to sign up? Yes, sir. Um, I would like to become a district captain. We have uh, plenty of district captains here. We'll register you. We also ask that you sign the petition. Okay, well then we'll, we'll sign you up here as a district captain. Where do you live? I live outside of Ocala, Florida. Oh, in Central Florida. Okay, sure. We'll be happy to take you on. So you, are you in favor of Convention of States? Are you considering it? Do you know, what do you know about it? Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll comment real quick. So I ran, um, so just to give you a quick, uh, running for Congress in Virginia 7th District, and I decided to run a poll on uh, Convention of States to see whether or not people would be in favor, favor of uh, term limits. Well, uh, I, ran, I ran a poll, and 97% of 10,000 people that voted on it we're in favor of the term limits. And this is a poll that went partially viral. It went around. And so, and I noticed that there were some big liberal accounts actually reposting uh, uh, this poll. So there was liberal people, conservative people, all voting on it. 97% were in favor of the term limits under Article 5. Term limits is a very popular uh, item. Uh, some people are against them. They say, well, you know, if you have changes in the legislators, then they won't know 
what was there before. And I said, no, I mean, that's like saying, oh, I shouldn't be held to uh, the, the law of Moses because I wasn't around when it was promulgated. No, you read whatever the statute is, the statute book or the Bible, and you comply with it. So just because legislators are changing doesn't mean that they're gonna forget everything that was there before. The, a danger of term limits for legislators is that you often have a permanent bureaucracy that lives there and outlasts the, the legislators. And that's a threat. And that's why I think we need to consider term limits on how long you can work in the, in the bureaucracy at the federal level and also at the state level. Because you know these bureaucrats, look, it's happening now to President Trump. All these bureaucrats saying, oh, we're gonna outlast this guy. We're, he's gonna be gone in four years or eight years and we'll still be here. So that's a real issue. But term limits for legislators, congressmen, senators, and I think also judges is very popular. So what, where are you running for Congress? Uh, Virginia, in the 7th District. Okay, so what towns are in the 7th District? Sure, well, it basically runs from Fredericksburg to Richmond. It's a strip there. But, you know, you, you, you've got the issue. Term limits are good. You can, I think if you say you, you support this convention states, that will go far. All right. So that's it, We're almost 12. Thank you very much, y'all. The question facing us and facing our fellow countrymen is a two-word question. Very simply, who decides? The American founders had a simple answer. We, the people, decide.